Are you ready to turn your best ideas into a thriving online business? Introducing Shopify, your no-excuses business partner. You might not realize, but our podcast, More Than Mammies, it's a business. And we started it, of course, to talk about maternity, not to become an e-commerce expert. So yeah, we needed some help selling our merch and getting our store up and running. Another sale. Shopify is a commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. No matter if you are a garage entrepreneur or a big business, Shopify is the only tool you need to start and grow your business without the struggle. With Shopify single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere, giving you the insights you need wherever you are. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash sonoro or lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash sonoro to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash sonoro. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to Tamarindo Podcast. Hosted by me, Brenda Gonzalez, a political nerd and nonprofit capacity builder. And me, Ana Sheila Victorino, a queer well-being enthusiast and mindset coach. We are a Latinx empowerment podcast discussing politics, culture, and how to keep your calma with well-being practices and self-love. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, Ana Sheila. How are What's you? What's up, Brenda? Estamos vivo y directo desde Mexico City in studio. It's so good to see your yeah, face. Yeah, well, vivo for our experience now, recorded and edited later for your listening pleasure. <laughs> But um, yes, it's so great to be here. I literally just got to Mexico City 20 seconds ago and walked directly to the studio so that we can have this exciting conversation. In the rain. In the rain. Yeah, it was quite brutal. But I love visiting Mexico and I love reflecting on Being Mexicana and heritage. So I thought, why don't we kick off this conversation by talking a little bit about what it means to be who we are? You know, what does heritage mean to us here and today, aquí en México, this very special time? How does that sound for you, Ana Sheila? That sounds great. Let's do it. Bueno. Okay, so Ana Sheila, I got a first question for you. Reflecting on this, reflecting on heritage and all this. So what does it mean to you? What does your heritage mean to you? And how does it shape your world? Um, so heritage, I mean, I think just honoring what came before us and what has brought us here, it's something that's always felt really important to me. And so to me, my heritage and like keeping it alive feels super important. And so it shapes my world because I'm there's so I'm always thinking about how I can honor my heritage, how I can keep it alive. And I do so many things to do that. So, um, you know, I've I think about my dad and my abuelita and, and how to keep them alive and everything that I do. So I keep them very close to me. And that's my own personal heritage. And then just being here in Mexico to me is honoring my heritage by getting to um, practice this language. That it's the one that I was taught, you know, and the one that, that we, you know, we both um, that was our both of our first language. And so for me, that's a way of connecting to my heritage and keeping that alive. And also being in, here in Mexico and getting to know more of the culture here feels like a way for me to be more connected to, to where I come from and 
my heritage, yeah. Absolutely love it. Well, I, obviously, it influences my life because we have this Latinx podcast, right? That was the whole point of having a podcast is to elevate our voice and experience and heritage. So it's very important to me. Obviously, it's a North Star for me. And here I get the great pleasure of coming back to visit family often, often, which is really a blessing that I'm able to come back. Something that I didn't always have access to because I was undocumented until I was 22. So it's something that I absolutely appreciate and I recognize every time the great privilege that I have to be able to come visit home and be connected to my roots in that way. But, you know, one thing that I that I find really comfortable when I travel is I always wear those those weepil, you know, those shirts that have like the embroidery because those shirts are amazing. They look really cute and they don't wrinkle and they travel well. So I'm often wearing that and I wear so much of my heritage literally on my sleeve. And I think to myself, like, would I what would I have as much pride being Mexicana and having these roots if I had grown up here? Like, if it, it, would it be just like I I like the way I view being a patriot in the U.S., to me, it's a dirty word, right? Would I have this much longing and desire for my identity having had that that distance from it because I'm an immigrant, because I lived most of my life on the other side? So that's something that, that I think about as I reflect on my heritage. I absolutely love being Mexicana. Many times I think, wow, I'm so lucky. Like, what a blessing. Like, I get to be this. This is truly, truly amazing. And one of the great blessings of that is just the great food. I mean, I come from the great state of Puebla. I had chiles en nogada, I had semitas, I had tacos árabes, I had chalupas. I had it all in three days. So <laughs> that's the beauty of being able to come to Mexico. So I absolutely love that. I love it. Okay, well, I want to know, what are some of your favorite traditions and how do you want to pass that on to the next generation? I think the, the best part about being Mexican is truly the food. I think we, we our, our cuisine is so so diverse and so rich and so underappreciated globally. I'm thinking of a lot of the the Mexican champions of food, like Bricia Lopez from Guelaguetza. I'm thinking of um, our, our awesome friend Jocelyn Ramirez from Todo Verde. They're such beautiful people that are lifting up our cuisine so that it gets that respect that it merits in the on the globe. I mean, there are a lot of people that appreciate our food, but I think there's also a lot, a lot of people that view Mexican food, especially in the U.S., as, as cheap food, as, as they have no idea the caliber and the diversity of tastes and flavors that we have. Not in Mexico, of course, but even just thinking of who we are as Latinos, great variety of cultures in food as well. So I would say the way we could keep it alive is to continuing to pass down recipes and, and enjoying great food and protecting our recipes and our food and our food and making people enjoy it. So yeah. what about you? How are you going well, to pass it down to the next generation? I mean, I think the first thing that came to me is just our food. I mean, it's it's world renowned, even though we use maize for most of the things. It's just like a variation, but still. But you know what I was thinking? I was like, yes, food. Um, you know, I myself am thinking of, of, of having children. And I'm like, damn, I need to learn how to freaking cook. I need to get some recipes that I'm just down that I like that I can actually do so that I can actually pass them out. So that's one thing. The other thing I thought about is how we honor um, our loved ones. So, you know, the other Los Muertos, we obviously know that tradition. I think that tradition for for some of us, we started celebrating it later. Like, it, it, you know, it's not something that all of us grew up with. So how we honor our dead, our loved ones. So, for example, the way we honored my, my dad is we actually um, we traveled to Mexico. We we took his ashes and we buried them in this town that he loved, a small little rancho that he had very fond memories of in, a sta- in the state of Querétaro called Huimilpan. And then we planted a tree on top of it. And so we, we feel like in that way he, he's alive. So just like the way 
the the just the deepness, the depth with which we honor our, our loved ones is one way. And the last thing I'll say is is, is mariachi and just our traditional music. I, I love mariachi. I played the trumpet when I was young, so it's another thing. Absolutely beautiful. What, what this one telling you? Well, this is why I'm like I'm so lucky to be Mexican because mariachi is like that pretty much trumps any sort of music. It's mariachi. Like I dare someone to be in a bad mood when the mariachi is playing near you. So absolutely things that are amazing about our culture. Now, what part of your heritage do you think most people misunderstand? I think it's just that people think all of our stories are the same, right? Just because, again, we need more representation in, in, in film and TV so that they're not so one-dimensional. It's just that we that all that that we're all from. El Rancho, for example. And, and I think being from El Rancho is, is beautiful. And my mom, you know, when she was little, did, you know, ride horses. Her dad was actually um, uh, the village teacher. And so, like, she has beautiful memories of living in El Rancho. But that's not how my parents mostly grew up. And so I don't have that experience. So just like we don't all have that. We didn't all grow up with that same experience. So, like, just the variation of our experiences, I think, is I think something that people get wrong. What would you say, Brenda? I think what people misunderstand, and I'm really um, working hard on distancing myself from using this word, I think the word machismo and, and this um, this notion that the patriarchy is exclusive to Mexican men or Latino men. Um, newsflash, this is a problem globally. And I'm actually encouraged by some of the things I see in Mexico. Look, there's a lot of opportunities because we, we this country does have a femicide problem. There are serious issues. But look at the bills. Look at the bills that I just exchanged my dollars into pesos. We have so many women represented in these bills. In the U.S., it's like a freaking battle to get a, you know, get a woman represented in the, in the, in money. So like, at least we're trying. I see everywhere there's the Latinas y Latinos or la Deputados y Deputadas. I think there's the efforts here. There's recognition and a look in to try to um, bring some more equality and respect for women. I want to see that, 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 that this is a, a need globally, that machismo is not exclusive to our culture and our people. This concept of what you think is machismo right. is the patriarchy, and it it's is patriarchy. a global issue. So that's, that's the word we can just right. use. Exactly. I, I love that, Brenda. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we've reflected on our time being—actually, we did a lot of talking about being Mexican because that is who we are, but um, we hope that— if you think about your heritage, whether you're Mexican or not, we know we, we know we reach a lot of listeners that are not always Mexican. You know, there could be a lot of different cultures represented. And I, we know we love that there's a lot of different cultures represented in our listeners. And we just think that um, it's a valuable time to reflect on our identity and our culture, especially if we're about to reach Latinx Heritage Month. So it's seasonal, but we feel it all the time. 100 <laughs> percent. Cuando mi arrendador dijo que el alquiler podría ser más barato si fuéramos amigos con beneficios. Había oído hablar de acoso sexual en el lugar de trabajo, pero en mi casa. Eso es discriminación en la vivienda basada en el sexo. La gente de bienes raíces dijo que estaríamos más cómodos viviendo en un vecindario diferente con gente como nosotros. Por suerte conocíamos nuestros derechos. Es ilegal asustar a los posibles propietarios para que se alejen de ciertos vecindarios en función de raza o nacionalidad. Si usted cree que sufrió discriminación o tiene preguntas sobre sus derechos, comuníquese con Fair Housing Foundation, Fundación de Vivienda Justa, al 800-446-3247 o también en línea en fhfca.org. La vivienda justa es su derecho. Este es un anuncio de servicio público de Fair Housing Foundation y respaldado por el Departamento de Vivienda y Desarrollo Urbano HUD bajo la subvención de FIPPI FPEI 220099. 
Okay, Ana Sheila, what if we talk about our matracas today? Do you have a matraca to kick us off with? I do. So I'm going to give my matraca to the movie. Uh, start with the movie, Wakanda Forever. And specifically because they have a lot of Latinx representation in this movie that yes. we're really excited about. Matracas, matracas, yes. matracas. And I want to specifically call out, his name is Tenoch Huerta, who is Mexican. And I just love seeing more brown, more prietos in film and television. Um Tenoch actually identifies as part of a movement called Poder Prieto and is really pushing against the colorism racism that traditionally has been seen in Mexican film and television. And I just wanted to share a little quote that he said that I thought was really powerful. He said, Vengo del barrio y gracias a la inclusión estoy aquí. Muchos niños están allí en sus barrios mirándose, soñando con estar aquí. And then he says, Gracias a todos los paisanos, todos latinoamericanos, ustedes cruzaron el río y dejaron todo lo que amaban atrás. Gracias a eso, yo estoy aquí. So I think it was just a really powerful statement that he made. Um, and I think, I wonder if that last statement, I'm wondering what you think, Brenda, is, is he saying that, that like the efforts of a lot of um, Latino Americans, Mexican Americans in the U.S. Have, al have also allowed for Mexicans in Mexico to, to be represented in, in film I mean, and television? I, I would have to ask him, but I think... Yeah, what was your... I, yeah. think, I mean, I think it's a... It's, um, what he's doing, I believe, is reaching out to the community at large, wherever, yeah. wherever folks may be, And I also, um, I, I, I love and appreciate that you explain why you use Prieto, because this, he self-identifies as this, and it's, a, it's an effort to take back this term, which is a derogatory term originally. And so I think he's kind of saying, hey, I, Prieto's like me, I see you wherever you are. And, you know, I know this is a movie in Hollywood, so yes, a lot of you are on the other side. Because if you really think about it, the folks that had to leave their country and everything that they had to leave behind— are not the folks that have every financial opportunity to stay, right? Right. And if in a, in a globe, again, colorism is global, including in Latin America, we already know that folks of darker skin usually are going to be the folks with less financial opportunities and usually the folks that are going to be more needing to immigrate. So it's another way to say, hey, you, we know you had to sacrifice leaving this place, but I want you to see yourself in me. I see you. That's what I believe he's referring to. Of course, we'd have to ask him. And by the way, this is our invitation <laughs> to please come on this podcast and explain to us what your beautiful words meant from your own perspective. Yeah, but I, I, I loved it. And I'm excited, especially here in my time in Mexico, to see how, else, how I can be more involved with a lot of the activism and efforts that, that are taking place here. Exactly. We'd love to see the progress. And, and, and it's important to be very specific about what we mean by representation. It matters. It's, we're talking a black indigenous person of color. That's the representation we want. We don't yeah. want any other light-skinned Latinos taking up stage because that's not the opportunity there, right? We, we have plenty of light-skinned people in the middle of films. So um, I get that. And I 100% echo your matraca. But now, for something much less serious, my matraca goes to bug spray. Bug spray, y'all. Absolutely necessary. Um, if you come to Mexico, look, um, I guess they just think I'm delicious. I don't know. I have. You should see my legs. Girl. They're covered in freaking bug bites. We have to have a competition. <laughs> we have to have a competition. We're, you know what? We're going to sleep. We're going to get a hotel room. We're going to leave the window open. <laughs> a ver who has the most piquetes by the next morning. Oh, my god! Because <laughs> I think we, we might be in competition so for this. So pack your bug spray if you ever go to Mexico. <laughs> I guess it's there. Oh, my God. So matraca to bug spray. Now, basura. So... Anna Sheila, why don't you kick us off? What is your yes. basura? So I'm giving my basura to people taking the term unapologetic too far. Basura, basura, basura. I freaking love Yo, it. Yo, sometimes you gotta apologize. 
And also on the same vein, taking self-love to self-absorption. <laughs> y'all, yes. some of y'all don't need to love each other any, to love yourselves anymore. You already love yourself enough. Y'all are good. You already did the work. Like, take it, take it, take it a step back. <laughs> pull it back, y'all. Pull, pull it, it back. back. <laughs> um, but but you know what? I do want to say I get it. Like for a lot of folks in our community, the reason why being unapologetic is so important is because we did have to be pretend to be something we weren't. We did try to fit into a lot of white environments. And and that's the importance of being unapologetic comes from us hiding part of ourselves, us not being authentic. But there comes a point where, you you know, like... You got to own up to your mistakes when you yes. make them. You got to apologize when it's warranted. Be specific about what you did wrong. All that shit is important. That's what you mean, right? Yes, yes. 100%. Yeah. So that's what I'm putting in the basura. Absolutely. Sometimes we it. need to apologize, y'all. Be yeah. considerate. Be mindful. Y'all can do it. Si se puede. <laughs> si se puede. ¿Y qué tal tú, Brenda? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Again, I'm just being silly. But here are um, my list of grievances when you travel to Mexico. Okay. Here, these, are the, these things are my nemesis. These things are my nemesis. And if you all have been traveling to Latin America, I'm sure you can identify with a lot of these feelings. So my list, a list. So number one, Mexican locks and keys. That shit is crazy. Like, there's like 10 different freaking keys. Lock the top, lock the bottom. All of this <laughs> It's impossible to get into these old ass buildings. So my nemesis number one, this is number one when I go to Mexico, locks and keys. Se pasan. My second list of grievances is the fucking napkins. They're so thin. They, they give you like these tiny little square napkins. They're very And small. you have to have 75 of them because you're covered in salsa. So please, please. Bigger napkins. <laughs> Bigger napkins. Okay. My third grievance. Grievance. Um, so I've had a fantastic trip. This has been amazing. My parents, there's, they spoil me rotten. You all have heard about this on the show. So what they did is they rented this beautiful, beautiful house. It had a pool. It was amazing. But we, we decided to go. None of us, you know, we were not from this area. My dad was using Google Maps. He was a driver. We decided like, oh, you know, vamos a cenar. Let's go get like a dessert. And so we decided, hay que ver what's in el centro de Cuernavaca. So we go, of course, it's, it's late at night. We miss our turn. We, we ended up in this like, literally, it was so steep, this super steep road. Heading, it's like basically if you kept going, it would be an embankment, like you would be in the water. It was terrifying. So we, and then it was a dead end. So we had to turn around and go back up that thing in a car that is not powerful. It was horrible. I had a, I had a horrible experience, but that's not my grievance. My <laughs> grievance is los topes. There's these crazy topes everywhere. These are like, um, what do you call them in English? I don't even know. Uh, speed bumps. bumps? Speed, speed bumps. bumps. Yeah. The speed bumps on the roads, las carreteras in Mexico. There, obviously, we need them because the, the, the driving is a little crazy. So that's the point of those. But they surprise you. Sometimes they're not even painted and you're just like, boom, boom, boom. You hit your head on the top of the ceiling of the car. So topes. Even you hit your, your head on the top of the car. Yes, and I'm 4'11", <laughs> girl. It's crazy. Uh, my third, wait, fourth grievance is toallas. Why are the toallas fucking paper thin? There's transparente. The paper towels? The paper no, towels? the towels oh. in your home. Please, please. Um, although I do, I got to say that I have grievances about, about about toallas, even in the States, because there's so many of them that just like, no secan. Anyways, whoever, please tell me if you know a good vendor for toallas. We need them both sides on the border, of the border. And then my last grievance is, is showers. Like, why? Why do I have to hope and pray that there's hot water? Why? Why? And then sometimes the shower head, like there's 75 holes, but only three of them work. So it's, so that, you're, it's so that you're grateful for hot water. It's, 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 it's helping you practice gratitude. Absolutely. Brenda. Well, I hope you enjoyed my rant. Obviously, I do. it comes with love because 99.9% of things here in Mexico are better. 
but this, these are the things that are that opportunities. I have notes. Mexico, the opportunities. I have notes. Yes. <laughs> now, uh, to balance that all out, Ana Sheila, what is what is your calma? My calma, my calma is um, leaning into my sexiness. Ooh. So I've been leaning into it. I've been doing a little thirst trapping. Oh yeah. <laughs> Tell her to post it on Tamarino's Instagram because she never does. <laughs> this is true. But you know what I did the other day, which was so fun, and I want to recommend it to folks. Um, so I played a baby making R&B song or okay. song. Which one? Could you get any that come to mind? That um, like I played um, Giveon. Giveon is a good one. Um, Lucky Day. I'll put, we'll put these in the notes, y'all, if, you, if you're really that. Yeah, or maybe um, play Music Soul maybe Child. Play oh, yeah, music. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll play it. Um, so I played some baby making R&B music. And then I took and then I went into the shower and I just let myself like dance with myself. I let myself like scrub myself like sexy. And it was so fun. And um, it definitely felt a little awkward at first. But I think if, if y'all if you're hearing this and it makes you just me talking about it makes you feel weird or like thinking about doing it makes you feel weird, then I would recommend that you do it. Because that means y'all need to connect with your sexiness because we are all sexy and you get to connect with that. I so love I had it. such a fun time. Awesome. Good times. Um, what about you, Brenda? What's good in your calma? Well, the way I calm down is wild things because right now I'm doing this challenge. I'm doing 100 push-ups every day for a month. And I've been keeping it up even in Mexico. Like every every other push-up, I have a taco in my mouth, but then I'm coming and I'm doing a push-up. So I guess that's, that's giving me calma. Like just to get it done, like look, you could already tell. Yo, you can already see the results. Yo, so you're doing 100 actually full push-ups? Yeah, 100 full push-ups. That's crazy. Y'all, she's so strong. So I did I did the 100 push-up challenge one day, but I did it on my I did it on my knees. I did 100 on my knees. Oh, no, so these are real push-ups. She's, she's way stronger and than me. And then to, to uh, mix it up, I'm trying to do these TikTok challenges, but they're out of control. They're out like of making control. TikToks? People have these TikTok challenges where like, do it to this song and they'll do like push-ups to a song and I'll try to do it. It's wow. hard. <laughs> I bet you would I would I bet you would beat me at arm wrestling. I don't know. I mean Probably, I'm I'm, yeah. about, I'm a lot bigger than you, but I think you're stronger than um, me for your for your mass. I look so, like so a it, softball so player. It might, is what so she's it saying. might be Yes. All right. Let's see. <laughs> um all right. So do we want we wanted to actually end the show with some hot takes. Are we ready for that, Brenda? Si. Anything else you want to share? Hot takes and hot takes. Yes. Okay, some cultural hot takes. All right. So I'm gonna read a, a tweet to you and I wanna see what you, what your thoughts are, Brenda. So this is from Javier Cabral. On Twitter, he said, stop glorifying junk food. Choco tacos suck, as do flaming hot Cheetos. We know those are fighting words for, fighting words for some of our listeners. Highly processed foods like this are the only options for kids who grew up in the hood, like me, by design and contribute to poor lifelong eating habits. Nostalgia is a hell of a drug, y'all. Yeah, I think what he's saying is that we, we need to stop obsessing over brands. And brands are uh, obviously have targeted the community, especially in the U.S., but everywhere, have targeted the community and have made us addicted because there's literally addictive substances in these things. And so we maybe should be not glorifying these brands and this junk food. That's what he's saying. And I agree. What do you think, Anishela? I, I mean, I think that's a good point. And we can also, but it's, it, I think it's tough, right? Because these are very cultural things, right? Flaming Hot Cheetos, like they, we've grown up with them. They mean a lot to us. So can we can we somehow still like connect them to the culture without glorifying them? No sé. It's it's, it's difficult it, because nostalgia is also right, right, a powerful right. drug. It's right, just right, right. as powerful and, and, as and, the sugar as the, right. as the sugar and the cheese. Yeah, and yeah, all yeah. Those so things. food when we food that we've grown up with is our comfort food, and and that's then that I think that's what he's saying with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. What are some of your uh, um, junk food 
things that make your heart pitter patter? What are some of the so, brands that make your heart pitter patter? Mira, Mira. So I can I can't eat a bag of hot Cheetos. Like it literally makes my stomach hurt. I can have a few, but you know what I love? I love masapanes. Does that count? Oh, as, yeah. Does that count as junk food? I don't know if yeah, it's junk food because it's pretty nutritious. I mean, there's, is it just there's peanuts? Cacahuates. <laughs> I don't know. That it's one's not, like, super healthy, not bad. but but I love masapanes. Um, I don't know what what. I'm trying to think of another Mexican junk food. A ver tú. Let me see if uh, you inspire sabritas, me. Sabritas. Oh, yes, sabritas, but regular, regular. I'm, that's the only kind of chip I can like. Sabritas are great. just regular sabritas. And I have you know, nostalgia for that. I have nostalgia for bimbo. I like that. I like that teddy bear. Like literally the white bread? <laughs> yeah, well, not the... Well, I mean, that is pretty good, but just like, the you know, the variety of things. I have nostalgia for any pan dulce. But these, yeah, there's lots of things that we have nostalgia for because... And it makes sense because it gives us that warm feeling literally because there's like... there's The ingredients produce that feeling. So it's important to distance ourselves from these manufactured feelings yeah and that and those memories yeah yeah <laughs> for our health for, for our health for our health yeah yeah what other hot takes you got is that all right so you we got, got more a, we got another hot take all right um well before we go on to the next hot take you know what i've been thinking about i've been thinking about finally getting a tattoo i'm someone that takes forever to make decisions like that Joker like you know how some people are very impulsive i've <laughs> been talking about getting a tattoo for years yeah so i'm finally really close i think it's gonna happen in the next few months brenda wow where, along with where along, along with me fertile along with me freezing my eggs so yes. we can also talk about that somebody will fertilize them but you will freeze them first. oh yes i'm gonna freeze them not fertilize <laughs> <laughs> No, but, I love but it. anyway um okay so i want to get it okay i want to get a horse from in honor of my dad okay um but i also want to i'm thinking about getting a nopal Actually. I love it. Pero no en la frente, en el brazo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, with some raíces. Because oh, I actually, I, I love, I actually love nopales. Like my mom told me that I was young when I was a little girl, I would eat them like raw. I so love I it. freaking love nopales. It's not just. Nopales, sigue, and you know, obviously, sigue, yeah, we know it's a very, a very emblematic of, of, of Mexico and, yeah, and Mexican culture. So I'm thinking of doing it. So I, what, que tilo, like, what que estilo de nopales? Like the big old flat ones or like the organ kind or what? I'm what thinking, thinking the. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know yet. I'm going to have to look, look at some pictures, drop some things out. But yeah, Exciting. y'all will see me with a tattoo pretty soon, I hope. <laughs> Watch it take me another year. But anyway. That's exciting. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Are we ready for the next hot take? Yes. Okay, so there was a recent article in the L.A. Times that basically talked about the influx of Americans and just folks from from all over the place coming to Mexico City. We're in Mexico City right now, and this is especially increased during the pandemic. Yeah, we've seen people working from home. Yeah, so so many more people can work from home. So we've obviously seen, you know, obviously inflation is a crazy all time high. Um, What we've also seen as a result of this is gentrification, displacement and rapidly ri- rising prices in, in Mexico City. And obviously, there's a lot of folks that don't feel great about that. So um, just curious, Brenda, some initial thoughts. And then I'll also read something that um, someone that's been kind of pushing some of the activism around this has, has Yeah, shared I mean, I know we've talked about it um, in several occasions on, the, on this podcast. It's obviously a, a burning issue. This, this article has been shared everywhere with a lot of people validating the experiences of of uh, what are shared in this in the show, like maybe of, of, of white people, especially being rude to the locals about the, the driving out of community. So, yes, this is a real issue. And I mean, it, it's concerning. And I know it's also conflicting because I, I think there's several things going on here. And I think mo- most of this is systemic problems. There's a push factor because you know, as, this, as article centers that a lot of folks are coming from California, California has a a, a horrible affordability problem. Like there's gentrification happening throughout the state and people cannot afford to live in the state. Rent and buying a house is basically impossible. So there's a push factor happening. Of course, in in Mexico, there's a pull factor because there's not enough 
regulation. Perhaps there ought to be banning of Airbnbs because Airbnbs are a problem basically everywhere. They push gentrification is happening across. These are global things. This is the other thing is that we got to remember that we're glo- the world is global. Borders are pointless. These the issues that impact one part of the world impacts the other side of the world, right? This, this is a global issue. And then at the same time, I'm a freaking hypocrite because what did I do? I had to, I have, I got it. I checked into an Airbnb to be in La Condesa so I could be in where I know it's really, really nice. Then this is the place where these folks are flocking to because it's nice. It's fucking nice. So I understand. And I think it's important to have these conversations and it's important to be honest and reflect on our participation in it while noticing that these are systemic issues and we as an individual we're not going to fix this, and right. there's there's larger issues at hand. So these are my feelings. And Ashela, what are your feelings? Yeah, I mean, the same, the, the conflicting feelings. I obviously feel them very much as someone who is a native of Mexico City, but I didn't grow up here. I'm working remotely, and so it's it's tough for me kind of feeling like I'm a little bit part of the problem or contributing to gentrification while also, like, being from here— caring about the communities here, caring about the gentrification. So I'm feeling, you know, like feelings and, and, and it's frustrating. Like, I'm wondering, do all these other people that are coming here, do they care about the people that are being displaced? Do they care about what's how this is affecting the communities here? And they, are, they, are they getting involved? And so for me, like the first step feels like the first thing that I can do is think about um, because I, I love being here. I love it here. I feel more at home here than I've felt in, in the U.S. And that's like an interesting Kind yeah, of reflection I have a for question me. for you, though. Yeah. If you were living in the U.S., would you have the flexibility, the possibility to be following the sort of career path that you're following, which is away from a full time job and kind of shaping your own path? There's a big yeah. economic opportunity that comes from not having to pay astronomical rent in California. Yeah. So there's, again, yeah. push and pull. It's yeah. Push I mean, like right now I would be able to, but like I but like I would have to make like some sacri- have to have that job I would have <laughs> I would have to make sac- sacrifices yeah. right? right that 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 might not feel aligned oh, or that it, I would have to make sacrifices until I could create it in the way that I that I want so it's it's a difficult it's a difficult um yeah it's just it's just difficult yeah I and, mean and also within the United States if you lived in certain neighborhoods that you might want to live in you also would be unable to achieve the things that you want to achieve because 60% of your income would go to rent and mortgage so it's a very difficult issue i think the 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 bottom line we need affordable housing if we have, if we solve affordable housing in the states that might really reduce this issue and also if we ban airbnbs in mexico city but while we before we do that i'll still take advantage of them <laughs> right maybe maybe just having everyone stay at hotels yeah i wanted yeah. to i wanted to just um read a little passage from from the article from um so fernandez fernando bustos gorospe he's a philosophy teacher and cultural critic who's been outspoken about these consequences he created this tiktok video that that went really viral um you know, he complained that the influx of foreigners in Mexico City stinks of modern colonialism. His critique is multi-layered and speaks to generation, generations of injustices. There is the problem of newcomers' indifference as to how their actions are affecting locals, he said, but also the fact that Mexicans cannot migrate to the U.S. with the same ease. And that's something that's really frustrating to me as I think about how easy it is for a lot of folks to come here and stay six months, leave the country for a hot second, come back and just keep staying here, right, in a way that, that Mexicans can't do that anymore, right? He also believes that Americans, many of whom are white, are reinforcing the city's pervasive, if infrequently discussed, case system. Right. Mm -hmm. 100 percent. Racism, colorism is global. Yep. Mm -hmm. I think, again, borders are are relevant. These are issues that are like you understand how there's a pull factor that brought the Latin American immigrants to the U.S. for those opportunities. So it's 
if we could all just as a as a world within these governments have less corruption, have more affordable housing, have more economic opportunities. And get rid of white supremacy and racism. Acknowledge, <laughs> acknowledge, acknowledge, acknowledge white, white, white supremacy. Start with start with acknowledging acknowledging it, right? white supremacy and its uh, <laughs> and, and its impact on all of this. Yes. Then maybe folks would be happy to stay in their beautiful communities. Nobody wants to leave their place necessarily. You know, if they ha- if they could succeed and thrive, folks would stay where they're from. <laughs> but we, wait, right. so, oh, people are pushed because of everything. I hope everything we realize that humans are migrants, and we will move to where opportunity presents itself and mm-hmm. it comes in every direction so let's acknowledge our humanity let's get rid of racism and then in the meantime i'm gonna enjoy my time here on this <laughs> <laughs> any more hot takes on it Shayla? that's it that's all i got you got a lot of hot takes okay well i think we've had a fantastic conversation before we go is there anything that we want to say a, a, a reminder to folks we're really excited we're doing this in person it's a little bit different because we've been doing the zoom Recording since Anishet is in Mexico. Brenda, me, I'm in Los Angeles. So this is fabulous that we get to be here in person. Anything else you want to let our listeners know in this fantastic conversation that we get to have in the flesh? I mean, we're grateful for you because we're here doing something that we love because of our listeners. So however y'all can keep showing us love and keep listening and, and sharing the podcast and also letting us again know what y'all want to hear, who you want to hear from. We definitely would love the feedback. Absolutely. Y'all know Please head on over to tamarindopodcast.com to learn all about us, share our past episodes, and also you can contribute. We accept any donations of any kind because even though we have a lot of fun on this podcast, it's really a labor of love and we need your support. So muchas gracias, Ana Sheila. Until next time, ponte un suéter. I've been Bye, Brenda. Y'all. Abrazos, besos. It's Ana Sheila here. Ciao. <laughs> Tamarindo Podcast is Brenda Gonzalez and Ana Sheila Victorino. Our producers are Mitzi Hernandez and Augusto Martinez of Sonoro Media. Our theme song is by Jeff Ricards. If you want to support our work, please rate and review Tamarindo Podcast on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with a friend. Get in touch with us at tamarindopodcast.com. Cuando mi arrendador dijo que el alquiler podría ser más barato si fuéramos amigos con beneficios. Había oído hablar de acoso sexual en el lugar de trabajo, pero en mi casa. Eso es discriminación en la vivienda basada en el sexo. La gente de bienes raíces dijo que estaríamos más cómodos viviendo en un vecindario diferente con gente como nosotros. Por suerte conocíamos nuestros derechos. Es ilegal asustar a los posibles propietarios para que se alejen de ciertos vecindarios en función de raza o nacionalidad. Si usted cree que sufrió discriminación o tiene preguntas sobre sus derechos, comuníquese con Fair Housing Foundation, Fundación de Vivienda Justa, al 800-446-3247 o también en línea en fhfca.org. La vivienda justa es su derecho. Este es un anuncio de servicio público de Fair Housing Foundation y respaldado por el Departamento de Vivienda y Desarrollo Urbano HUD bajo la subvención de FIPPI FPEI 220099. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.